0: All right, I believe it's uh, the three, four, and five-year-olds. I believe they make their way to the back uh, for their class. Is that correct, or am I wrong? I am. I am correct. Sarah's got them. Oh, very good. Three, four, and five-year-olds go to the back, and, and uh, our our elementary age, our elementary age group, again, they're not coming up. Uh, April is is just a a uh, time we're going to have them with our families throughout. The month of April. That's twofold is, is just because we don't want to overwork all those that are going down and, and doing that. And uh, we can always use more help there. So if, if you're interested in that area, please let us know. Uh, but uh, uh, we, we enjoy the kids being up here. I know Lindsay's put out some colored pages. So if you want one of those, those are back at the Welcome Center if you didn't get any coming in. I want to tell you a story about, a, about an old country man uh lived up just simple man did things simply uh he he cut wood every year for for wood for for heating throughout the the winter months he used an axe and a and a a tree saw all his life for his wood but as he got older that became more difficult and and he had friends around just saying hey you know you ought to get them you get yourself this chainsaw chainsaw will make this work so much easier so he, he went to the, to the town and, and went into the hardware store and he said, Hey, I would like to talk to you about a chainsaw. And so the salesman told him about the chainsaw, showed it to him, showed him a nice chainsaw. He purchased the chainsaw, took it home, and, and went to, out to the woods and was cutting wood and just was not having much luck with his chainsaw. He was doing so much better with an axe and, and with a, a tree saw. And it just worked. He finally gave up, picked up the axe, and went back to doing. it. And next day, he took the chainsaw back into the hardware store, and he was pretty cross. I mean, he wanted to talk to the friends first of all, who were just convinced his chainsaw was going to do great things. But first of all, he wanted to talk to that salesman, who said, "Man, this is going to make life so much easier." So he brought in the chainsaw, set it down, and said, "Hey, this thing doesn't work." Said so you said it was going to cut so much faster than than an axe and what I've been doing, but it, it is so much slower. So it just doesn't work. And so the guy said, well, let me look it over. And he said, man, there was a little bit of uh, sawdust on there, but it didn't look like you know, it had been used much. And he went and he looked in there and said, well, there's no gas in there. And so he put some gas in there and put some, some bar oil in there and got it all ready, primed it up. And, and he went to start it. And the old man said, what's that? What? You know, didn't know how to work it. Uh, and and I, that might be a familiar story. I saw some of you smiling even before. It, it really is a familiar story. I heard a long time ago, but it reminds me of this chapter 14 as we approach it. And here's why. See, so the Corinthians needed some instruction about the use of these spiritual gifts of, from the Holy Spirit. Because I, they were misusing it. And, and you know, some, somehow today I think that, that we need some instruction concerning the Holy Spirit, because are we using everything that we are, are given by God uh, for the church? And that includes the Holy Spirit. Now, already here, we've already gone through a couple chapters, and, and really, what we've learned from Paul has been very simple when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it's things like this. Every believer Every believer, every believer who, who is in Christ receives the Holy Spirit. And, and therefore, every believer is gifted, should be gifted through the Holy Spirit. Uh, there is one Spirit and there are many gifts is another thing that Paul taught us. He, he showed us and used the example of just as there is one body, there's many parts to that body. So there's one Spirit and many gifts. And it all works together. For one purpose, for the good of, of, of that body. All of it works together for the good. Uh, then we took that break at chapter 13 that basically said this. Part of what's essential when it comes to the spiritual gifts is love. It's essential. Love is essential. For the spiritual gifts to be effective, needs to be accompanied, or even foundationally, love needs to be there for these gifts to work. 1 Corinthians 14 is where we open the door to find out more of the details concerning spiritual gifts. Man, we haven't gone into anything, right? I don't know whether you're frustrated about it, but hopefully today we're, we're going to open up and realize more about the spiritual gifts, the miraculous part even. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 through 5 is where I'd like to begin this morning in, in this chapter. We're not going to read the whole chapter, but I do encourage you to read verses 1 through 25 if you have opportunity. So jot that down, and then maybe read the rest of this later and and see it unfold. You might have questions, please come back and ask me later. But right now we're going to start with the first five verses. Paul says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets, so that the church may be edified. In verses 6 through 17, Paul continues this comparison between the spiritual gift of tongues and the spiritual gift of prophecy. And he lays that out. Uh, All throughout here... and what we're going to find and cover, I mean we're interested okay tongues and prophecy but what Paul really emphasizes here is that God's people are equipped with spiritual gifts for this great importance to build up the church don't miss that Paul underlining he, he's emphasizing that throughout this chapter the spiritual gifts are for building up the church okay uh, so Let's 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 begin. We first of all need to know how to operate the machine. <laughs> we need to to know and uh, know what we uh, know about operating this Holy Spirit. What what do we need to know? Let's start with the foundation. Let's start with the foundation. First of all, spiritual gifts must be accompanied with a desire for the building up of His church. It goes along with what I just said. Uh, the desire, our desire, God's people ought to desire to see the 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 church built up. The, church strengthened the church growing that begins with that in verse one verse one going back to that Paul identifies both the motive and the means for building up his church the motive is this love you know and verse one it says the way of love follow the way of love and and what we just went through chapter 13 laying out the great definition of love, that absolute definition of love, it is always good. It is always kind. And, and it goes through. And we've even just clearly said that we could fit that same description in for God, because God is love. That the very foundation of what we stand upon for, uh, for, for the spiritual gifts is love. If we truly love God, then we have a love for his church. Now I want to be clear about that. When I say we have a love for the church, we're not talking about the bricks and mortar. We're not talking about the structure that surrounds us. We're talking about you and I. We're, we're talking about people, all of you. When we're talking about the church, I'm talking about the, those who have accepted and received Christ. You are a part of that eternal kingdom The church that that continues to work in this world today, you're a part of that. Now, the means, that's the motive, is love. The means is this, gifts of the Spirit. The means is the gifts of the Spirit as as he's laid out. And, And what we've already seen and identified, Paul has made clear that every believer is equipped to contribute. Equipped to be a part of this body of Christ. Now, let, let's talk a little bit about the spiritual gifts. There's the, the comfortable gifts and the uncomfortable gifts. The comfortable gifts are those that we can even sp- express and preach about without any tension. Comfortable gifts would be like the gift of knowledge or the gift of wisdom. The gift uh, of teaching. That's, that's in the second list. All these are mentioned in chapter 12. There's the gift of guidance and helping Those are the safe words that we could use. The ones that that we would like to avoid sometimes are these, the uncomfortable ones. Healing. We see those guys on TV, right? Yeah. (laughs) Gifts of healing and miraculous power and discerning spirits. And included in there are are tongues and prophecy. Those we we would say, man, that's on the edge of the miraculous. And, and again, I've, I've said this before, but uh, there, there are those out there who say, well, they have ceased. They have, they have ceased. And, and I will just tell you, honestly, I want to approach Scripture honestly and genuinely. And I don't see a place where in Scripture it lays out and says, hey, that's all done. It's all stopped. I also see how some people are doing it today. I said, that can't be the way it seems to be, you know, self Grandizing, self, you know, hey, put a billboard on me. I'm a faith healer. And man, some people are lining their pockets with lots of money, abusing these gifts. I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to be a part of that at all. What I don't want to do is deny that God has given us a spirit and has blessed us. And, And I do believe that the Holy Spirit continues to work in everyone who is a believer for the benefit of the body. Don't forget that. Foundationally, that's where we're working, for the benefit of the body. Now, now there's a gift that's not mentioned in here, and I think it's important when I say that all of us are gifted. There's not the gift of pew sitting. There's not the the gift of attending. And and I want to just say it for for this reason, that, that when you're a part of the church... Church isn't Sunday morning. Church is being, being connected and a part to where uh, you are be, being a benefit to, to others in the body, to, to build and strengthen and finding that place of ministry. Uh, now, now the, the truth is we're meant for so much more. I mean, Jesus died upon the cross, and, and he did that for a reason. Not just, I, yeah, absolutely for the saving of our souls, Right? absolutely to say that no longer am I under the condemnation of my sinfulness, but, but I'm living a life and, and, and I'm expecting, I'm expecting to to greet or for Jesus to greet me someday in, in eternity. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. But, but my life in the kingdom has begun now. Did you know that life in the kingdom begins today? it's already begun and I'm actively learning and being a part of this body and where do I contribute and how can I be a part and more than just coming and listening and singing and things like that, what's my place? And you have a question like that, man, that's a worthy search. Matter of fact, Paul lays it all over this. He says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Uh, you know, I, I want to also bring this up. When I'm preaching through this, this is all about the purpose that we've laid out. Fostering the family of God. Do you hear it in there? Fostering the family of God. It it means that that we're going to continue here this call to love, love one another. It also means that we need to move forward in finding and acting on the gifts that we are given. Man, if we come alongside and help you find, we need to be doing that. And, and, and giving you opportunity and, and ministering. Maybe if someone's doing it well, maybe you ought to step aside and let somebody else learn what you're doing and, and, and grow uh, to become that body. Uh, again, I want to go back. In 1231, we left 1231 with this, this phrase now eagerly desire the greater gifts. There's a, there's a call. Hey, eagerly desire the greater gifts. In verse 1, it says, excuse me, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. And then verse 12, which we did not read, comes along after he continues to compare uh, tongues with with, uh, prophecy. He says, you are eager, to the Corinthians, he said, since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. So, So Paul clearly is telling the Corinthians this, eagerly desire the gifts, eagerly desire the greater gifts, and then excel in those gifts. Uh, let's See, that was to the Corinthians, but I believe it's also to you and I today. Are you listening? Are you listening? He, he says to you, man, if you're in Christ, I've got work for you to do. That, that's coming from Paul. Paul says you are given a Holy Spirit, not just to identify that you belong to him. That's a great part of that. But also that you have a place to be functioning within his body. Man, you were meant for so much more. And absolutely, with the identification of the Spirit within you, it, it, there's work to be done within you. Tongues and prophecy. Tongues and prophecy is the focus of this chapter 14. And Paul says to, to desire that, that, that uh, we, we, through this, this gift, we're, we're to desire that, that we build up the church. What's the difference between tongues and and prophecy. I think it's the word understanding. Here's the second point. We should desire and pursue the gifts that bring understanding to fellow believers. We should desire and pursue that gift that brings understanding to fellow believers. Uh, the, The greater gift absolutely identified in this is prophecy. I mean, the end of chapter 12, desire the greater gifts, Beginning of chapter 14, after we get through all that love, is, hey, desire the greater gifts, or desire the gifts of the Spirit, and then it says, especially prophecy. There's something significant about prophecy. And I think it's that word understanding. Let's go to the lesser. Okay, if prophecy is the greater, then tongues is the lesser. Let me me just talk a little bit about the, the tongues. Speaking in tongues brings nothing to the table. Paul says that. Speaking in tongues brings nothing to the table. When I say that, I mean uh, that that table set, anything we bring to the table is going to be an advantage to the church as a whole. So speaking in tongues doesn't do that. Verse 4 says this. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies who? Themselves. Verse 4, read it again. Verse 4 says anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves. Now, It's obvious that the Corinthians were all about speaking in tongues, and they desired the gifts of the tongues. That's why Paul comes along and he says, hey, listen, there's one spirit, but there are a lot of gifts, not just one gift. If the whole church is, all that's all we're about is speaking in tongues, where are we getting? Absolutely nowhere, especially in the sense that speaking in tongues is just about edifying myself. That's it. That's it. But prophecy is opposite of that. It's about speaking and being understood uh, to the congregation. Now, with this, I want to say tongues is a gift. It it was obviously a gift, and and it's actually a good gift. Paul makes it very clear. Uh, We we can't allow the apparent abuses that we see today. If you've you've seen some of that, I I believe I've seen abuses of it. Uh, we, We can't let that take away from the fact that this was a gift from the Spirit. And, and that I 've even talked to some people that, I, that, that practice it, and they're good people. I, I believe they're brothers and sisters in Christ. How do they practice it? Alone in their home and that's exactly that's exactly right that's exactly right. if, if, if it 's something that you 're participating in, it 's to be done at home. Why? Because it edifies you and you only. It edifies you and you. One of the reasons I think the Corinthians were so running after the speaking in tongues is because i want everybody to identify that hey i'm in in christ and i I, i'm spiritual and so let me show you how spiritual i am i'm i've got this gift of speaking in tongues that's a possibility that's a possibility and 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 so understand again it's good paul and the reason i say hey it's a good paul comes along later in this chapter if you read through this. 18 and 19, basically Paul says, Hey, I, I'm so thankful that I speak in tongues more than all of you. He's saying that to the Corinthians who are pursuing it. I do it more than all of you. But then he prefaces it with this, but I would much rather speak five words that are intelligible that someone will understand than 10,000 words that you can't under, in tongues that, you can't, that won't mean anything to you, Right? See, see, this is the difference between tongues and, and this greater gift of prophecy. The greater gifts are those things that bring something to the table, that become a benefit to the body as a whole. Now listen carefully to this part. What is so special about prophecy? Verse 3. If we look at verse 3, here's what it says. It speaks to people, prophecy, someone who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening For their encouraging and their comfort. There's the beginning thought about what prophecy is. It speaks to people for their strengthening, for their encouraging and comfort. Verse 3. That's part of prophecy. It it builds up the people around me. It gives encouragement. It strengthens. It encourages. It comforts. Later on in the verses, it brings this out. That prophecy brings understanding. It brings understanding. It brings comprehension. I to helps other people to understand as, as, as we speak. Now, now in verses seven uh, excuse me thirteen through seventeen, it there it, it talks about that understanding. Man, if if, if I speak in a in spirit, what is that to me? You know, it, it it encouraged me. Again, it's self-edifying, but when I speak with understanding, when I speak with understanding, others around me could comprehend what, what's being said. And they could join in maybe why I'm rejoicing or why I'm being challenged or anything else. Now, listen, I, I believe it all comes down in, in verse 20 and 21 where Paul just lays it out. saying, man, here's why prophecy is, is a spiritual gift that, that is so important. He, he says in verse 20, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. Will, will the ringing start happening in the Corinthians ear? Because earlier in, in Corinthians, he said, I, I wish I could speak to you like you're adults, but you're a bunch of children. You're still on the bottle. You should be on the meat of the word, but right now you're on the bottle. Why? Because, hey, you, there's jealousy and there's division amongst you. So he identified your children. Hey, you need to grow up. I, again, brothers and sisters, stop thinking like children. In regards to evil, you could be like children, you know, the innocents. But the bottom line is, in, in your thinking, be adults. That means you have come to some understanding. Gain understanding. Where do we gain understanding? Oh, man, it's from, it's from God's Word. Don't forget who is all involved in writing the Scriptures. Wasn't it God's Spirit? And involved in the Scriptures we hold every day? I mean, the combination of His Word and the Holy Spirit makes sense. If we want to gain understanding of God, do we just pursue God, just, you know, pray? and No, man, we, we absolutely are dependent upon His Word to help us as we come to a greater understanding of God. And oh, does God want to be understood? God definitely wants to be understood. If we look at verse 21, Paul goes to Isaiah and he says, With other tongues and through the lips of foreigners, I will speak to this people But even then, they will not listen to me. What's Paul trying to point out? He says, man, I'm going to send out a message. I'm going to speak in a language that you can understand. Whatever language that you speak, I'm going to speak in that language you can understand. But still, they won't listen to me. What's the disappointment? God wants to be understood. Do we we know that? God wants to be understood. God, God absolutely wants to be acknowledged. That was the problem of sinfulness all along. The reason we, we pursue sinfulness is because we ignore God. We turn our backs on God. Boy, we pursue other things. And, and when we get involved in sinfulness, guess what we do? La, la, la. La, 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 la. We don't hear a thing. Right? God wants to be understood. Why is prophecy so important? Because it, it, it's describing here that that. What prophecy is, is that we come into an understanding. That means we're speaking and and helping each other to understand. We're helping each other to come to understanding. Now, the Holy Spirit works in you and I both. We know this. Man, we all should know that the Holy Spirit exists. He's part of us. And and probably what's easier to understand is, boy, the inner working of the Holy Spirit. And with this, we all say, yeah, yeah, that's what the Holy Spirit does. Uh, Conviction of sin... Uh, we come under conviction of sin because of the Holy Spirit. Hey, we depend on strength and overcoming temptation because of the Holy Spirit. We, we want His voice working in us for that, uh, to, to, for help in prayer. The scripture even says that He prays on our behalf where we don't know what to pray. If we're lost for what we need to pray for ourselves, it says the Holy Spirit covers that base for us. Uh, and all this inner working, boy, that, that's understandable and, and good. Uh, he, I, I believe he also helps us as we read scriptures and, and coming to an understanding as we pursue that. And, and even brings it back to me. Have you, have you ever been doing something and boom, there's a verse in your head all of a sudden? Boy, this reminds me of this verse. If you know the Word, I, I guarantee you, if you're known, you're becoming more familiar with the Word. It's going to be used more and more. It's going to come back to your attention. That's the inner working of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's talk about the outer working of the Holy Spirit, these spiritual gifts, because he's there for both, uh, for that outer working of the Holy Spirit. Uh, how does that look? What does that look like? What, you know, it, it is definitely not that place where he just forces you to do something. Let, let me, here, here's the way I understand it best. I understand this from a a great guy who I consider a mentor. I heard him say this one day, and it stuck in my mind. He said, man, if you have a thought in your head to do something or to act, and it's good, do it. If you have a thought in, if I have a thought in my mind where, hey, I I think I could speak something that, that will strengthen somebody else, speak it. Or comfort or encourage someone else, speak it. As if it's coming from the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Is he there? Is he speaking? Do, have you had those thoughts? And then, then just thought, well, that would be a great thing for someone to do, and then walk on by. I've done that! I've done that before. I've also addressed and, and, and followed through with, with thoughts. Now, um, is that, here, here's the big question, is, is that the Holy Spirit, or is that just a thought? I, I think the great greater question is this: Is is it something good to do? Is it something good to do? And we could we could treat it, aim, and then pursue it as if God has asked me to do what is good, this action or this voice. Do what is good. Act on it. And and, and here's 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 just personal advice. Paul didn't get into this, but I would say don't preface anything like this with. Hey, the Lord told me to... I, I just suggest doing that. I, I'm doing this by experience. We had a young lady here some years ago who, who came up and let several people know, said, I'm, gonna, I'm here because I want to marry that guy. You go, oh, the Lord told me to marry that guy. That's what it was. The Lord, and she prefaced it. The Lord told me that I'm going to marry him. Well, the Lord failed to tell the guy that he's to marry her, Right? <laughs> And the reason I say that is because it, it was discrediting to God. It was discrediting to God. I, I tell you what I, I do think is, is right and good, is if you follow through with, with that thought that enters your mind, hey, was it the prompting of the Holy Spirit? Was it a thought, I don't know, but it's good, I'm going to pursue it. And then afterwards, something significant happens, and you say, man, God, I... I that's an opportunity where I say, God, I thank you so much. That I had the opportunity to, to speak on your behalf. I thank you for that prompting. Uh, and, and just an example, Lynn and I went to go see Marge Ingmeyer. I shared her picture last week. And, and that thought came across our minds, and the opportunity was there. We went to go see Marge. We didn't think about it. I mean, we didn't think oh, the Holy Spirit's directing us, guiding us. But afterwards, uh, Neva her, her daughter said, after that visit, which she was alert, and we had a great visit, she declined, and, and passed away afterwards. And Neva said, man, that was, that was divine. That, that was just a, a great opportunity. So, you know, and, and I could say, God, I praise you, and thank you so much that you laid that thought in our minds, and gave us direction to go and, and minister to her in, in that time. And, and, and Lord, I praise you for the opportunity she had because she filled us too. It wasn't just our opportunity. It's what she gave to us. You know how she lived. You know what it is to be around family, don't you? It's not just about me giving to them. She gave to us over and over and over again. What a great opportunity. Thank you, God, for that opportunity. Man, that's the working. So, so it's in that prompting that we need to be paying attention. Now, that's for the church. If you have some... You know, an idea in your mind say, man, I know how I could help or I, I know where I could give some encouragement or I know some words from Scripture that this person needs to hear. That drops in your mind. Do it as if the Holy Spirit's directed you. I think there'll be clarity whether it is or not later on to where you be thankful to Him. But what about the unbeliever? Paul car- covers that as well. We should desire gifts that will bring clarity and truth to unbelievers. The same thing, prophecy. It's that same word prophecy. It, it is that gift that helps to bring clarity and truth to unbelievers. 22 through 25. If we read 22 through 25, here Paul says, Tongues then are a sign not for believers but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, however, is not for unbelievers but for believers. So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues and inquires of unbelievers and, and, and inquires or unbelievers come in, will they not say that you are out of your mind? <laughs> That's an amen worthy. <laughs> so, so if, okay, it's a, it's a sign for unbelievers. Well, what's the sign? Well, in the next verse it says, They are out of their minds. They're out of their minds. What what Paul said earlier is keep it in your room. Keep it in your room. That's self-edifying. That's not for evangelism. What is it that people need to hear? What is it the world out there needs to hear? They need to hear the truth. They need to hear the gospel. Matter of fact, let's read those last two verses. 24 says, But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. <laughs> I love those two verses. Beginning, here's what Paul says Paul says, They come in, these inquirers or unbelievers come in, and what do they see? Everyone is prophesying. It it doesn't say they come in and say the guy up front prophesying. It says, did you get that? Everyone is prophesying. What, What was his challenge? Hey, everyone pursue these gifts. What is it? To be able to speak truth. It's able to be able to share a message. It is able to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. That's what the church is involved. That that someone comes in, they see, maybe not all at once, but they they see and they recognize all around that people are involved in speaking those prophecies of encouraging, strengthening, comforting, and and bringing people to understanding. They're speaking the truth. Listen. And and what are they speaking? Here's here's what happens with the unbelievers. Uh, It says that that the unbelievers come under conviction of sin. They they come in, they, they witness it, and unbelievers come under conviction of sin. What is that except the beginning of salvation? That's the very beginning. When people are able to identify, hey, I am a sinner and and I am I am condemned under that sin is the beginning of saying I need a savior, and 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 then then we begin to talk about the repentance and and then receiving Christ, but it begins there. I identify with this fact. I'm not going to hide it anymore. Matter of fact, the next part of it says the secrets of their hearts are laid bare through prophecy. The secrets of their hearts are laid bare. Do we understand that the the idea that their secrets of the heart it, it, I mean, sin does this, helps us deny, hide, run from because of the shame of sinfulness. Adam and Eve were real familiar with it, right? God comes walking after their sinfulness, what they do? Hide. Guess what the world is doing around us? Guess what sometimes we're guilty of? I don't want to talk about my sinfulness. I don't want to let you know that I'm a sinner. I don't want to let you know that I deserve hell because that's the truth. Let, let me lay it out for you, all the sins. I could, I could do it. I could do it. I could tell you exactly why I deserve hell. And, and when someone has the opportunity to see and lay that bare, then they find out the source for salvation is Jesus Christ. Through His blood, the covering. You know, so that's the message that comes through the church. Oh, if we could help people understand the message, if we could help other un- people. Help people understand the very basic message of salvation. Woo! Then we're operating in all cylinders along with the Holy Spirit. Correct? Then we're understanding and working with the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Never know. (laughs) Maybe the indication is be quiet and let people respond. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, the, 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 the fact is this, is that it's not just unbelievers, it is believers, uh, believers and unbelievers that, that you know, we, we need to be effectively working with this Holy Spirit. God has given us both the motivation and the means to do exactly what he wants us to be doing. Amen? Isn't that true? Isn't that true? We, we can't be sitting around thinking, oh no, that was long ago that the Holy Spirit was effective in the church. He's just here just working on me. How self-centered is that? We don't have to be involved in, in tongues to be self-centered. It's just doing nothing is the same thing. It, it really is about, oh God, what do you have in mind for me? Where can I serve? Where, who can I help? Who can I encourage? Who can I strengthen? Who can I comfort? Who can I bring into understanding? And that ought to be working in the church, but also that desire for the gifts that bring clarity and truth and, and, and will bring that unbeliever to the place of repentance and bring them to the place of worship before God, where they belong, where they belong. God, what do we do with this? Are you there? What do we do with this? Lord, help us to listen. Help us to act. Isn't that the prayer? Let's, let's do that. Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you. We praise you for, for everything that you've given to us. You've given us your word, your scriptures. They're that, so beautiful. That, Lord, when, when the lights come on, we gain understanding. We know that excitement. And, Father, we praise you for the, Jesus, that, that, that gospel message. And through Jesus... Uh, how, how we've received salvation and redemption and, and we, we are living a new life and Lord we praise you for a message this morning that says we have so much more to do we have such a purpose in this life and it's with those words and that the actions amongst this body and out in the community that you have a mind for us help us Lord to know how to operate Help us, Lord, to know how to function as a a body that is not ignoring your spirit, but that is listening intently to, to that voice within us that moves us forward, that has us growing and building as that body that's going to be precious and pleasing before you. God, we thank you for today, and we pray, Lord, that the questions and the the, the, the pursuits that we have from here on out, Lord, is just going to be about what is going to build your church. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.